Welcome to In Conversation, the regular podcast of eSharp magazine. Go to eSharp.eu for free access to all our podcasts to date. This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Deepak Khanna. Deepak Khanna is Head of Oncology for the Europe, Middle East, Africa and Canada regions of the pharmaceutical company MSD. Uh, Deepak, we're going to talk about cancer, obviously, because you are an expert in that field. Um, I'm guessing that the good news is that in the West, certainly uh, life expectancy is increasing every year. But with that goes a higher incidence of of cancer because people are simply living longer. Is that a fair, simplistic uh, calculation to make? Hello, Paul. First of all, it's it's great to be here. So thank you very much for taking the time. And uh, yeah. Improving the lives of patients with cancer is very, very near and dear to me. It's a big reason why I actually joined our oncology organization. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, uh, we have made some great strides in cancer care. The mortality rates actually have gone down because of a lot of reasons, you know, prevention, better screening, better diagnosis, and better treatments. But it still remains a challenge because people are getting older, so the, 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 there is more cancer. The incidence is increasing, and that, that is the challenge. It is a big burden. So how much did you, how reliance do you now give? Because since people are more intelligent, they, are more, they have fewer excuses to be ignorant about their own health. How much is, how much is screening? How much is, is lifestyle choices? And how much is the final recourse, which is using the kind of pharmaceutical products that your company invents? I think it's a little bit of, of all of them. You know, one is just people are more aware about better lifestyle choices because of all the information that's available on the internet, because of all the information that's available through uh, carers. So when when you when someone has cancer, it affects their entire family, right? It, it's mm-hmm. not that individual patient, but usually it's their spouse or other family members that want to know more about how they can help, what they can do to, to improve the lives of that patient. So there's just a lot more awareness about um, lifestyle choices. Uh, people are, because of that, they're more willing to go to their doctors to get earlier screenings or to do the, the right tests. And I think because of the increased awareness, because of the advances, you are starting to diagnose cancer much earlier. And if you can diagnose it earlier, you have a better chance of, of trying to treat cancer. So there's this phrase I've learned by doing some homework for this um, uh, conversation with you, which Glad is you did your homework. Paul. <laughs> well, some anyway. Um, so it's it's obviously curing cancer, which is obviously a very simplistic way of expressing it, but also living with cancer, which brings in this whole issue, right, of immuno oncology. Could you please explain to a layman, a non-expert like me, what on earth is immuno oncology? Sure. So the the premise of immuno oncology is to actually activate your own immune system. So hopefully, try to make the body naturally attack cancer cells, unlike chemotherapy, which would really kill off all cells in the hopes of getting rid of the, the bad cancer cells and then you know, your own good cells grow. So really with immunotherapy, what it's, the goal is, is is to almost recharge your own immune system. Okay. And if you recharge your own immune system, then you almost naturally are attacking cancer cells the way your body normally would. And, and that's um, your avoid of some of the chemotherapy side effects that I'm sure many people are aware of. So that's, that's the premise, is to, to charge your own immune system to be able to attack the cancer. And is that, again, my ignorance coming through, is that tantamount to, to a cure, or is it more you're making it a cancer, something you can live with? It's not great, but you, you're not going to die from it. You're going to be able to live alongside this cancer you've caught. Well, it's not a cure, but what we know is that the survival rates with immunotherapy are much better than traditional 
chemotherapy, which is why this is such a novel advance. Uh, we have overall survival, meaning more patients are living yeah. longer being on immunotherapy than they would have had they been on a different a chemo- a chemotherapy, for example. Okay. You hear the, the farm industry often say that um, normally in discussions with the authorities about pricing and et cetera and, and patent uh, protection, those kind of issues, that the research time now for, for new treatments, uh, new discoveries is getting longer and longer and longer, and there's less security, there's less certainty at the end of that that some some you know viable treatment that is passed by the regulatory authorities wherever uh, will be available to to patients that we're talking about. How much of a a good a good feel story is the oncology sector at the moment? Are, is is there grounds for real optimism that we are we are you not me you are making real breakthroughs? When I started this journey in oncology, Paul, we had one study with about 20 patients in one, one cancer type, and that was about four years ago. Now we have more than 850 studies looking at 30 different cancer types, and we have about 6,000 plus patients enrolled in our, in our studies. So what it shows you is what an amazing breakthrough this is. And we initially started with skin cancer and then lung cancer. And now we've gone to almost 30 different cancer types. So I'm very optimistic that immuno-oncology innovations is something that can really improve the lives of many cancer patients with a variety of different cancer types. And that, that's the breakthrough. And how much is this based on your own research? Again, what little I know about your industry is a lot of the work you do is in collaboration with research institutes. You often you know, do collaborations and then maybe end up acquiring uh, relatively small startups who are doing a lot of the kind of uh, you know, innovative work up- upstream. Is that still the case that you work, that companies like yours, not just your company, uh, work alongside relatively small uh, niche research bodies? Absolutely, we do both. It's a very good recognition by our phenomenal research, researchers and scientists that everything's not going to be invented within MSD or Merck. So we have, as I said, over 850 of our own ongoing trials, and we have a multitude of partnerships with other companies that also have novel cancer agents with the belief that maybe a combination therapy might even be better than what we have. So we're doing as much as we can across partners as well as internally to really be able to maximize the benefit that immunotherapy could have to many, as many patients as possible. How much of all this is also kind of expectation management in the sense that, as we said earlier, people are living longer, that's very good news, but by, the, by dint of their longevity, there's more potential for contracting these kinds of cancers, unfortunately. But there comes a point when people have to accept that uh, it's kind of a, the downside of living longer that cancer is going to happen more with more frequency. We all know we all know people who have some kind of cancer, which is quite extraordinary. But there comes a point where you have to say to to patients, "Listen, we've done as much as we can, but some kind of cancer is going to be untreatable for quite some time." Or is that is that too fatalistic? Well, one in three men and one in two women, or one in two women and one in three men will develop cancer sometime in their lifetime. So, you, you know, as you said, as, as people get older, you're more likely to develop uh, cancer. So I, I think it is something that uh, because of the, de- uh, the patient demographics that you, you'll continue to see more, because we are diagnosing more cancers, because we're looking at early prevention, you're going to see more. Uh, but the, the other side of it is we are able to treat cancer earlier. The mortality is actually decreasing for cancer, and there's still a long way to go. Some of the cancer types, like breast cancer, um, the five-year survival rate's gone up from 
from about 20% to almost 90%. But there are other cancers like lung cancer where the overall survival, five-year survival rate is still 20%. So there's still a long way to go. But what is the thing that really makes me be very proud is that we are slowly tackling the burden that cancer is and slowly we're improving survival for many different patient types. I, I may be wrong in this, but am I right in saying that for quite a while the, the farm industry uh, sort of went off oncology as, a, as an area of research uh, because there were so few breakthroughs and in frankly in stark commercial terms it wasn't to be too to rather to be rather blunt it was not viable to spend you know enormous resources in research for for medicines and new treatments which were going nowhere that tide is was that first was that a fair comment and secondly the tide has turned then absolutely i do think that immunotherapy provides a lot more hope for cancer patients than where we were say five or ten years ago um, even for my own self personally Ten years ago when my, my, my aunt was diagnosed with cancer and my daughter had come and said, you know, Daddy, is there anything that we can do? All I could tell my daughter at the time was, um, you know, really sorry, sweetheart, but auntie's going to go to heaven soon. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference now is if the same question was asked to me now, there's much more hope. There's a good chance that with the advances that we have, like immunotherapy, that uh, they may live longer. You know, there's a better chance of survival, and that's the difference, is that we're much more optimistic and much more hopeful because of a lot of the innovations that have come out. I think people have known for a long time that cancer is a huge burden and a huge unmet need, just like uh, Alzheimer's and mental health and other things. Innovation is all about improving versus current care. So when you have responses that are almost double the responses you could get with traditional therapy, well, then you get a lot more interest and you get a lot more companies involved. And now we've got seven or eight different immunotherapy companies that are working solely in this area. You've got so many startup companies working, so many small companies. So the the field has advanced because we have found a potential way to tackle some of this unmet need. And there are a lot more companies that want to be able to really try to create more of these innovations for patients. The goal, whether you're the pharmaceutical industry, whether you're the government, whether you're the, the doctor, whether you're the healthcare provider, whether you're the payer, is really to make sure that we find a way to balance three things, right? We want to we want to continue to innovate because no matter what we do right now, the, there's still a huge unmet need, right, for all the reasons we've talked about. So we want to find a way to ensure that the innovation occurs. The second thing then is we want to find a way to provide access for that innovation. And then the third piece, though, is how do we make it affordable? How do we work with the government? So those three things, innovation, accessibility, affordability, those are the things that we need to tackle together. And I I firmly believe it's not one person that can solve that. It's not one industry that can solve it. It is a combination of stakeholders. It is the industry working with our governments, working with healthcare providers, working with patient organizations collectively Mm -hmm. to really figure out how do we do this differently so that we can answer patients. And that's what I love. Okay, we have to leave it there. Uh, Deepak Khanna, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Paul.